Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Hello, and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short, and I'm joined here, as always, by Drew Silva. We are live on the new NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel right now, also the NBC Sports Edge Twitch page. So welcome to our audiences there. Feel free to submit some questions. We'll try to get get to some in the next half hour or so, depending on how many questions we get or if they're relevant to the topic here today. So uh, we're doing this show Thursday night, just in case you're getting this in the usual podcast form. As for this episode, we're joined by Chris Raby of Scoops with Danny Mack. Chris, thanks so much for hopping on the show with us. You've come much recommended from Drew. So if this goes terribly, it's all Drew's fault. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, got to know Drew. I've gotten to know Drew uh, while I've lived in St. Louis, and uh, I've worked on the, I guess for seven years, worked on the Cardinals and Blues broadcasts. So uh, I've gotten a lot of sensical and a lot of nonsensical, both Cardinals and Blues texts from Drew. So uh, I'm a big fan. Um, enjoy uh, enjoy listening to you guys uh, and listening to you guys talk some non-hard-hitting baseball sometimes. So uh, happy to come mix it up. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, Chris has seen me at my best and seen me at my worst. <laughs> probably likewise, probably likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to note for anyone that's tuning in, when we first hopped on, Chris didn't have anything behind him. And then he turned off his camera, and when his camera came back on, he seems to have, what is this, a map of some sort? Yeah, I'll give you guys a little uh, quick tour. Um, just a map? You know, kind <laughs> of, of a... The Chicagoland area? Yeah, you know, just cartography uh, in general, uh, a passion. So I've got a map. Um, got two dictionaries, one thesaurus, a driver's ed textbook, and uh, a trophy from a t-ball team I coached. So just keeping it natural. You know, like it's always funny when you see the uh, the guy in Grand Junction, Wyoming, with his eighteen regional Emmys behind him. So I figured I'd uh, I'd bring a little something to the party. Planned right. background guy. That, that, were, that was a thing, it's especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Guys oh. would just have green screens, and then they could put whatever, <laughs> like, you know, no offense to Jeff Passan, who's a great writer, but he would have, like, a digital copy of Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Copy. Or how about, like, how many of those guys were, like, building, like, furiously building bookshelves for yeah. Ikea, like, the week or two <laughs> that the pandemic started? Like, got to build this bookshelf so I can put a bunch of stuff on it. When, now it's come around to where they, they're actual backgrounds and, you know, some of them are impressive, but it's like, I want to see, is that like in the, the guest bedroom like up against a corner of the wall? Like probably, yes. Did you really have to, we're, we're anti-planned background here. Like I have an Arsenal scarf. We've talked about this, but I hate Arsenal. Right. And the rest are just like blues rally towels. I have a 1960s Mets pennant back here. I have a San Francisco Seals uh, logo poster back there. I have a San Diego Padres hat, but this isn't planned. That's just like where it lives. I, so. I, I notice I'm the only one with driver's ed literature. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and I, have a, I have a whole bookcase next to me, but I don't have any driver's ed. We don't literature. share your passion for was it cartography. Chris? What is, what is that? Are you, are, are you, is that a spool? That's a trebuchet <laughs> that in the early days of the pandemic, we like ordered some of these model things online that you can build. It actually. Wait, I thought that was like for weaving a rug. I thought yeah, you know, that... going a little little Rapunzel in your uh, <laughs> yeah. spare time. I forget how it works because once is we... that a cotton gin? It's no, it's a trebuchet. Is that the original Marconi printing press. <laughs> extra, extra. Read all about it. I really <laughs> forget how it works, but it was cool. You could like shoot things out of here, and it goes and flies oh, across okay. the room. It's like an old timey catapult. It's a trebuchet. 
I have a passion for trebuchets. I still don't know what that word means. All right. It's a cat it's a catapult. Well, with my map and your trebuchet, we can totally drive everyone away from this podcast. I think it's it's already happened. Our our audience is declining by the second. So uh today's episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of headlines up at the top, but I think the the meat of this episode will be talking about uh, we'll each be making our picks for our all-time home run derby teams. Now, this isn't necessarily like all-time home run leaders. It's like raw power. Like, who would you want on your side in a home run derby competition? Um, one thing I've noticed today, tonight, the Mets are playing the Braves. Jacob DeGrom gave up three runs in the first inning. Um, Austin Riley took him deep. Yeah. Uh, and a leadoff triple. It was just... I, I, nothing really makes sense anymore. Austin um, Riley, at one time a Mississippi State commit, so there you go. Shout Got out that, to Mississippi uh, State national yeah. championship uh, swag working. Yep. And his velocity's down a little bit too. So if I'm unusually despondent during this episode, you know why. So I had uh, Patrick Wisdom on my show last week and was talking to him, uh, and I think he went on another show as well and was talking about facing Degrom and. DeGrom in that game went three innings, nine up, nine down, eight strikeouts before right. he left. And he was like, yeah, you just have no shot. Yeah. Like he, he just admitted that you have no shot. And I got like really nervous and angry when he left that game early, just because right. like, he's one of the, he's one of just the, the pure, like have to tune in guys. I think right now, from a pitching standpoint in baseball, does that make does that make sense? Yes, to you? and clearly has not been relying on sticky stuff to to be the guy that no. he is. He no. is a machine man, and he's a treasure to watch. And he's DJ's boy as our residence Mets fan on the show. You also had Charlie Tilson on your podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's kind of a cool story that you were telling me the other day. Yeah. So Charlie, uh, you know, remember I'm... Charlie Tilson a little bit, DJ? I do. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we went to uh, we grew up in the same town. Went to high school uh, together. He's a couple years younger than me. One of my ba- uh, one of my brothers played baseball with him at New Trier, and uh, have been good buddies with him since. Uh, he's been in the Cardinals organization, and uh, you know he got up to AAA after a handful of years. Was traded to the White Sox. Got hurt um, on the day he made his big league debut. Has some time in the big leagues, but I guess was one of a bunch of guys who last year when minor league baseball had the doors slammed shut was just kind of pushed out of the game and um, was with Pittsburgh ended up being DFA'd in June uh, when there was nothing going on and had been out of pro ball for the last year. He was coaching at Northwestern university and I was actually with him like five or six weeks ago one night. And we were talking about some things we we're going to work on together and he was like 99.9% sure that, you know, moving on, had been out of baseball. The next day, he's on a bus with Northwestern, headed to Nebraska when he got a phone call from uh, a Mexican league team. Former Cardinal teammate Alex Mejia was on the team. It's the team that Bartolo Colon, Addison Russell, Eric Ibar are all on. They needed a center fielder, like, tomorrow. Hmm. So he got off the bus, got a rental car, drove to Chicago. The next morning, flew to Mexico. That night, was in center field with Bartolo Colon in the mound. Uh played well there got to indie ball in the atlantic league and then two weeks ago got picked up by the phillies and oh, great. has been starting in center field or left field with uh moniac and uh veerling back in the mix but has been playing every night hitting leadoff for them and is back in baseball after not seeing a pitch for like 14 months it's pretty i incredible. love that story man I, <laughs> I i feel for so many of those minor leaguers especially a guy like Tilson, who's what he's about 28 years old. Yeah. Um, and had at one point, you know, been a, a legitimate prospect and had yeah. injuries. Like, yeah, he suffered a leg injury on opening day with the White Sox. I, I remember yeah, this. Yeah, so he I got traded. That. Yeah, he got traded from the Cardinals to the White Sox in August yeah. of 18. Zach Duke trade. Uh, yeah. And then, or 16, 18. Uh, so, I think 18. Yeah, and then, there. like, the first game, his big league debut, got a base hit, standing next to Miguel Cabrera at first base. And then the next inning, dives for a ball and you know, right. tears something and is out for a year. So, and then the 2020 stuff, just like those guys didn't have jobs, you know, it's and, brutal, and, man. And then teams, you'll be lucky to have, you know, a team take a chance on you at 28 years old, but yeah, yeah especially with fewer Ryan, minor league affiliates. Ryan Cordell. And yeah. Ryan Cordell is his roommate right now on the road. Um, and he was kind of in a similar situation where it was a numbers game and he kind of got crunched out and, you know, it's just, I feel also guys for like, 
you know, like some of these towns, like some of these minor league baseball yeah. towns. And um, it's been great to uh, to have it back. Actually, the team that Charlie was on before the Phillies signed him was uh, Long Island, the Long Island Ducks in the Atlantic. Oh, yeah. were like just such a great organization. So it's cool to it's cool to see everything rocking and rolling. Knock on wood. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, the Futures game next weekend. Always exciting. Those rosters are stacked. Dude. Yeah. I, am I like, is it recency bias that I'm, I look at that, especially American League roster? I'm like, this is loaded. Yeah, it really is. Or is I'm it excited. always? I, I, I feel like there's always a ton of top flight prospects, but then they kind of mix in, you know, some other yeah. B level pro. This year, it seems like I, I'm actually really, really excited to watch that. And the one time that I did go to the All Star game, talking to other baseball writers they were like you got to go to futures game batting practice because mm-hmm. all those young 19 20 21 year olds want to put on a show at bp yeah and, um, oscar Tavares hit a ball off the top of the mm-hmm. crown at kaufman stadium um you know a few years before he passed away tragically and that was just very cool to see nick castellanos was in that game um do you guys think organizations are like pushing or are willing or excited to have their best guys like in the game because it's the best competition a lot of these guys have maybe seen in the last two two calendar years because of something to that they, they just want to get them in the mix want, want to get them in a big ball just maybe give them that kind of uh give them that carrot so to speak or, or reward some of the guys if maybe they'd be cautious with some blue chip guys in the past for whatever reason, or logistically it might not work out as much like bright lights exposure as possible for these guys is, is probably good for them long-term reward. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if MLB also just encouraged the organizations that to get these guys that, that showcase. Cause you know, uh, showing off these young prospects can only be a positive for the game. Yeah. They should promote the futures game more than they have. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about that over the years. They should just, clear the slate and like let those guys have the stage yeah, not just like they like combine it with the softball game i think in the what past if it was after the home run derby sure yeah. make the make I the home run derby it. last about an hour and then yeah. like because it doesn't need to go on all night you know it's, it's bad i don't want shohei otani to get fatigued or hurt in any way in that thing make it a couple rounds yeah and be done with it yeah it does not um, need to be a thing where a guy feels like he's exhausted Right. Yeah. I mean, we we'll probably get into this later, but if you remember Josh Hamilton, when he set the record, I think he hit like, I don't know, it was like 30 home runs in like the first round. And then he lost to Justin Morneau. Like nobody remembers that but like after that crazy first round, he lost because he was probably just totally winded, but it was a legendary performance nonetheless, you know, yeah. so uh, this happens. So uh, one thing I noticed yesterday, so Trey Turner, he got his third career cycle. He's now tied for the all-time lead with three cycles. Uh, Adrian Beltre is on that list. Of course. <laughs> Babe Herman, Bob Musil, I hope I'm saying that right, and a player from the 1800s named Long John Riley. Of course, of course. his name is Long John Riley. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> we, we need great nicknames. We need to bring back nicknames of old-timey ball players and old-timey politicians. Yeah. <laughs> what would be a good one for Trey Turner? Old, uh, old <laughs> slick legs Turner. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Old toes. Turner. So the question is, like, how many cycles is Trey Turner going to end up with? Like, he he just turned twenty-eight yesterday. He got the cycle on his birthday. Like, does he get six? What's the over/under on that? I mean, he with that speed and he's got the power. When he stays healthy, he's a machine. I, yeah, yeah I, I would take. I would take. If you put the over at over under at five five and a half career, yeah. I would take the over. If you put it at like six or six and a half, I might take the under, just because you yeah. kind of have to luck into it, especially yeah. the triple and even with the speed. Um, you got to hit the ball in the gap or have an outfielder kind of trips usually to get a triple with his speed at, at this point, maybe not, but um, you kind of have to luck into a triple sometimes. I'm putting a little, uh, I'm putting a little take here on the end of my lure and I'm going to cast it out and see what you guys think. Uh, do cycles matter anymore? Have they become like the, what 300 yards passing? And I guess that's a bad analogy. The NFL used to be, it's like, I think that, What's more impressive if a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting three home runs last week and having yeah. a chance in the ninth to hit a fourth or a cycle? Like, I get that it's awesome 
kind of like in the NHL when they're like, congratulations on 300 career games. It's just kind of like a neat round packaged thing. And yeah. I had no, I had no clue. I feel dumb for not knowing that three cycles is. I didn't know that until league. yesterday. I just I honestly didn't know. I would compare it more to like the triple crown in baseball, not horse racing. Like uh, See, batting, batting, batting average. And super hard. I think a cycle is like. Your cycle's not super hard. Well, no, but like, what if a guy hits two home runs and two doubles, or two home runs, cool. a double, and a? You'd I agree. That's have, the more productive game. You, yeah, you'd rather have that. <laughs> We're going into arbitration, then you're like, I got a cycle this year. I'm not saying a cycle's bad. I'm saying, yeah. how do we jazz it up a little bit, or how do we, uh, like, what would be the next thing past a cycle? That, You'd that rather like, have your player lead the league in OPS than batting average. Yeah, but, but I mean one. I mean one game. Like a Maddox has become a thing. Yeah. That is measurable and that people like talk about on Twitter. I don't know if there's like cycle watch on Twitter in the seventh inning of a game. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like every night there's like a triple short of the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like, just like a really good game. triple short of the cycle. Yeah, of course. Like you'd rather have. Two home runs, a double, and a triple, or you know what I mean? Like that's you need the to come up with game. a name for whatever is like the thing that's not a cycle, but like a four homer the... game. <laughs> that's that's about as good as it gets. I don't know what we'd call it. Like I don't know. Like you'd have to the Griffey or something. I'm sure Griffey had like a multi home run and multi extra base hit games. Like I wonder what yeah. that is. At least two home runs and at least two extra base hits in a game. Like at least ten total bases. Would that be a song? Okay, I, I could be into that. Ooh, or we could call it like the dozen, twelve total bases, because that would be a dirty dozen. So that would be two home runs and two doubles, right? Yeah, the dozen. Yeah. Can we can we get this started? Oh yeah, it started right here on this podcast. Dozen watch. <laughs> no one's I don't know. We need a better it's, name. It's all right. It's yeah. I, I probably need something a little little catchier. But I, so, I like what you're thinking. I like what you're thinking. I wonder if there's a big time player who has the most multi home run and multi extra base hit games. Barry Bonds, Willie Mays. Yeah. Well, it would have to be guy. Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson. Uh, He didn't hit a ton of home runs. I'm saying you got to have at least two home runs and at least Mm. two other extra base hits in the same game. My guys aren't into this. Trout's probably getting up there. I'd say probably Willie Mays. Maybe Hank Hank Aaron. Ricky Mantle. Um, maybe a rod uh, a rod would be a good one yeah maybe Pujols. homers and doubles he used to yeah mash doubles well now yeah. we gotta do the math on this a lot of times he would have more doubles yeah. than the, singles like half the through play the index just tell me um, <laughs> just tell it me probably that. would actually shout out to baseball reference um yeah, what's interesting about that cycle, though, from Trey Turner yesterday, he banged up his finger on the, the triple uh, to complete the cycle. And so with Turner and Jordy Mercer both out tonight for the Nationals, they had Alex Avila start at second base. <laughs> and they were moving them all back and forth, depending on the handedness of the batter. So pretty creative there. Hey. You do what you got to do, right? Good to get creative. I, I think as a Cardinals fan, I, I would appreciate a little more creativity on the team that I root for. So before we get into our, our main topic for tonight, quick offer here for our listeners. Use promo code BASES10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge Plus. can be either monthly or annual and for any tier. It also works across all sports, which is really nice with football ramping up very soon. We have our draft guide for football go- going up. I think it is it already up. I, I might be. I was watching a mock draft from those guys today. I, I think it's yeah. I think it's it may might have launched this week. We I think it did. I, we yeah. should know this. We <laughs> should know this. <laughs> Sorry, we are so in the Maybe baseball bubble that. <laughs> we're, yeah, I think it did. Okay, sorry. They were give, they were giving out a promo code for it, so, it so it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. It's uh, so our promo code though is bases ten. You can go to nbcsportsedge.com/slash/premium to get started. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So like I said in the beginning of the show, we are going to make our picks for our all-time home run derby teams. Not necessarily best, you know home run totals of all time, but like best raw power, whoever you want out there on your squad. Let's just, let's just say this. There's money on the line. Like we all throw in a hundred bucks and yeah. we actually have to pick guys that we think are going to win. So like no joke picks. All right. This is yeah. serious. But does showmanship count? Will the, like, you know, put on a bit of a show for the crowd. Um... I mean, you, you run your team, how you want to run your team. Yeah. I'm I'm the kind of guy you, you drop the bat and you you just put your head down around the bases kind of <laughs> you get the bag yeah yeah actually the guys I'm gonna pick are in no way those kind of guys but and I I brought the I brought the board back for this I was wondering what you were you're working on oh yeah I, I, uh, I had to erase a bunch of stuff off here like take out the garbage and we need to like cross reference any words or just look up quick definitions got your back yeah okay appreciate that. <laughs> Technology, anything. I need, a, I need some tips on parallel parking, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, no. He lives in St. Louis. Of course he needs tips in parallel parking. I live in Dogtown, man. You got a parallel park around here. Yeah, nobody can in that city, but that's true. It's a story for another day, Silva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're our guest, Chris, so you can, you can go first. Thank you. And then it'll be Drew's turn. I actually, in preparation for this today, watched... Highlights of the 2002 Home Run Derby in Milwaukee, where Sammy Sosa hit five home runs over 500 feet, uh, put on an absurd show, went head-to-head with Ken Griffey Jr., um, and shocked that none of us had any suspicion of anything. Yeah, but we, are we drug was, testing before this competition? Or? That was right in my prime uh, Cub fandom. Uh, year before, obviously the Bartman year, I was a sophomore junior in high school. So, um, that was, that was the best. And, uh, that was an incredible evening. I still remember watching that home run derby. So that's my number one pick. Roll those sleeves up, Sammy. Show the guns off, baby. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. He was probably using a cork bat as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about entertainment. So it's all good. And it's about winning, actually. Um, and that's why my pick is Barry Bonds, because, of mm. course, it's Barry Bonds. Um, was Barry Bonds a cheater? Yes. Uh, is he the home run king still? Allegedly. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, allegedly, so we don't get sued. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just it's just obvious to me, the, the all-time home run leader. And I guess I, do I have to pick an era of Barry Bonds? No, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. <laughs> right. Not the skinny rookie card Barry no, Bonds version. Yeah. I want like uh, that guy still on the board. I want Barry Bonds, <laughs> who was pissed off that McGuire and Sosa got all this publicity in 1998, and so he might have looked into something chemical to help him out to get a more pub- publicity for himself. I want him not in 2001, but like in 2000. Yeah, he took that personally. Yeah. Exactly. The ultimate example. Okay. So I, real quick, um, I was I was in Jupiter when he took like this legendary round of BP with the Marlins a couple years ago when it was the one mm. year that he spent as their hitting coach. Mm. And he like there were stories instantly like that day. Like he beat John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, Yelich, <laughs> like all these guys, and was just hitting like lasers, uh towering shots, anything on command, and then just flipped the bat down and walked out of the facility <laughs> i believe it <laughs> so marlin's batting coach barry yeah. bonds is still on the board as well someone yeah. wrote an alternate history of, of like if if somebody would have signed him when there was that kind of collusion to not sign him and yeah. I, I favored it on twitter but i forgot to go back and read it i forget who wrote that but i need to go dig that i up. saw that too i just yeah that happens like every day where i'm like it's in a tab and then it just like disappears and I never actually read it. Yeah. Sorry. It sounded good. Whatever it was. Yeah. Some of us crack open the real thing, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of John Carlos Stanton, that's what I'm going with. Um, in my lifetime. I mean, I, you know, Barry Bonds is the home run leader, but like 
raw power, if you need it in my lifetime, I think Stanton is just unmatched for, for what he can do. Uh, the ball just explodes off his bat. And, you know, I wish he was healthier, but any given day he can just put us in awe of what he can do. So I have to go with Stanton. Yeah, you look at the StatCast leaderboard for hardest hit balls, it's pretty much the top 50 is Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like, going uh yeah. we, we going snake or non snake? No snake, you can go. Yeah, you're up. Amen. Um <laughs> okay, I am going to take a I guess bit of an all or nothing guy. Um and again, maybe this shows some of my uh my regional bias, but I'm gonna take uh Dave Kingman. I knew you um, were gonna do that. Wow. <laughs> It was, it was I almost went with I almost went with Kingman instead of Stanton, honestly. But maybe I'll just go for uh, for uh, like strangely specific Chicago guys or three more or two more. But just give me the all or nothing. Uh, I don't care, and I wish some of these guys a fun list would be like we had exit velocity in like the seventies and eighties. Like which oh, yeah. random guys or which guys would have been at the top of the list? So yeah. um, I'll take Kinger. Yeah, I watched like 20 Dave Kingman home runs about an hour ago, and it's crazy. Like, his, he's just long and lanky, and the ball just explodes off his bat. Pretty impressive. Six, I think he's six seven, foot. Wasn't he? Yeah, he's a monster. 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 Ooh, so I'm up. Uh, the original Richie Sexton is what they call yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So who is, who is throwing the balls? Can you kind of pick your own – should we pick our own batting practice? Steve Traxel. Yeah. Greg Robinson Cano's father. <laughs> Steve Steve Traxel. Yeah, that, that was good. It could take a long time then. Yeah, it's it be, will be hours and all hours. night. It's an all-nighter, yeah. folks. Because I know it's not cool to to name names of players before you pick them, but like I don't know, can is Babe Ruth gonna hack it in a in a modern I guess the, in a home run derby you're you you want it about 75 miles an hour probably right and maybe yes, Babe yeah. Ruth, maybe so, Babe Ruth is more used to that than maybe, maybe whoever was whoever was throwing bp for for the guy at the time well, i don't think there was a home run derby until the 80s right, right but yeah I mean, whoever was whoever I mean, there was threw, the show whoever yeah. threw to, whoever threw before a game to him he can have that guy mm. well anyway whoever carried his whiskey uh to the ballpark <laughs> yeah, and, and his cigs you got my cigs, just ripping heaters. Is, and my Jameson. Take him or no? No, I'm not going to take him. I'm going to go with Joey. Because Gallo. of who would you just Sorry, passed Gallo. up on Babe Ruth? Because of who would have theoretically maybe been pitching to him when no, he was, I was just reincarnated and like, in saying he was going to whiff on the the batting practice pitcher. I don't really was, know. Is he ghost Babe Ruth or real Babe Ruth? Is Adam Ottavino throwing to him? <laughs> I'm thinking, I, well, I was, I, what I was doing was I was I looked up Fangraphs um, career leaderboards and broke it down by ISO like isolated power index. Yeah. Um, and Babe Ruth is number one. Mark McGuire is number two. Barry Bonds. I don't want to hear any of that advanced nonsense. All right. Number four is Joey Gallo all time. And talking mm -hmm. of exit velocity, and he has participated in a home run derby, hit a bunch of bombs, did not win it, but. For true raw power in in a home run derby setting, I don't think he's participated in one since that one. Was that a where was that one? There was he hit the truck. He hit the windshield of the truck mm. out right field. I, was that yeah. was that a Target Field maybe? Uh, it was some concourse out there. Anyway, I, yeah, Joey Gallo. I, I'm cool with that. So yeah, no one's taken Mark McGuire yet. Is that accurate? That's accurate. So I have to take yeah. him here. Honestly, Stan and McGuire were my one-two on my board. So to get McGuire with the sixth pick, I, I feel pretty fortunate because I, I'd say in my lifetime, or at least since I've been a baseball fan, which was like the late 80s, um, yeah, those are probably the two standouts for me. Again, Bonds is like obvious, but yeah, McGuire, even when he first came in the league in 1987, like... He wasn't as jacked, but he was still hitting bombs. I think he had 49 home runs that year. That was the year of, like, the bouncy baseball, 1987. Like, everyone's mm -hmm. hitting crazy power numbers. But, like, yeah, he was the man. Were he and Sosa ever in a home run derby together? I don't think so. 
you gotta think so, but I'm really not sure, honestly. Because Sosa was kind of late to the scene, and once McGuire was sort of up in age, he didn't participate in that kind of stuff. That could be true. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, they might have, but I I don't think so either. With Big Mac, so you're off taking Sean Dunstan here. No, with Big Dunstan. Mac off the board. I'm going to pivot and go Glenn Allen Hill. <laughs> Um, oh, buddy. Glenn Allen Hill actually is one of, I believe, 130 players in baseball history to hit a home run uh, in every fewer than 20 at bats. He was like 19 point something. And Glenn Allen Hill once had a check swing home run that went onto a rooftop across the street from Wrigley Field. And if you YouTube Glenn Allen Hill check swing home run, you will literally see it. He was enormous and angry. And now uh, when he was coaching first base of the Yankees a couple of years ago in that tiny little helmet, it was funny to watch him, uh, you know, <laughs> staring these guys down from uh, the coaching box. But Glenn Allen Hill, welcome to the club. We're glad to have you. I like it. I'm going to go with Bo Jackson. I, I talked about uh, watching Oscar Tavares hit a home run off the, the crown at Kauffman Stadium in Futures game batting practice. Bo did that in a game. That was the All-Star game, hmm. too, wasn't it, with like Ronald Reagan on the call in the booth? That's awesome. I think you're right. Who's the the leadoff hitter, right? Yeah. The first pitch of the game. Was that the All-Star game where he ran up the fence after catching the ball or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. He put on a show and and sadly his career was cut short. But I'm gonna I'm gonna like rewind and only have him focus on baseball. Because his his Auburn baseball coach in that documentary that ESPN did, that 30 for 30, was like if he had just focused on baseball and no no offense because he was a great football player too obviously but just the catastrophic injury that he suffered that hip like replacement thing um you know sunk both of his careers if he had just focused on baseball he was like we didn't he's like Bo would never show up to practice and i'd be like i don't really care you know he's in the lineup he have you seen this man <laughs> like, he's yep. one of the most incredible athletes of all time just pure no all athleticism and yeah, I want him and showmanship too. I think he would get hyped up to be on my squad and to be participating in the home run derby, especially if there was some cash in, on the line. You should ask so, Bo Jackson if he would let Bo Jackson play football growing up. <laughs> I, I would let Bo Jackson do whatever he wanted to, to but <laughs> I'm dictating some of these terms that he is just That's focusing on baseball. So I'm going to go with Prince Fielder. Great. Um, I watched a lot of Prince Fielder home runs today as well. And he has the most aesthetically pleasing uppercut swing I've ever seen. Like finishing on the heel, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He just hit some bombs. So I'm all about having that on my team. You know, he wasn't like a huge guy either. I think he was like five foot 11, maybe. Oh, but I mean, like. No, like he wasn't tall. He wasn't like massively okay, yeah. tall, like some of these guys were talking about. He's not Dave right. Kingman, um, but yeah, the lift on his swing was insane. And another guy whose career was just cut too short. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It's so a shame. little Prince, chubby little Prince in the Zuba pants, is still on the board. Who apparently would hit bombs <laughs> out of Tiger Stadium with a metal bat? He's right. still on the board. Okay, <laughs> you can get a, um, you can get a I certain th- version. I was thinking about a fielder. Um, Prince or Cecil, but I'm going to go, oh man, do I want to get really angry? Uh, all right. I was going to take Albert Bell, but that would be a little too angry. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Adam Dunn, all or nothing. Um, I like it. One of 11 players to hit a home run in every 15 or fewer at bats. And uh, he's someone who I think was just like, oddly, just like 10 years ahead of his time because even though he had a really long career, like he played till he was 34, like I think Adam Dunn would be, you know, teams would be lining up to sign him right now. Who cares if he hits 230? You know, he had a career 370 OBP and he's going to hit bombs. It's just that for some reason that batting average was like a scarlet letter he had to carry around with him. And he was bad in the field, I guess, but give me some Adam Dunn. Yeah. Amazing raw power, huge individual. Hmm. Yes. So it's to me, I'm going Ken Griffey Jr. How is he still on the board? Yeah, jury's still out on your team, Silva. I don't think so. Do you have Dave Kingman? Do you have Kinger as a second rounder? No, I have Barry Bonds, <laughs> uh, Joey Gallo. You have some great athletes. Yeah, Bo Jackson, and I, now I have Ken Griffey Jr. My team wins the cool factor, 
Uh, he's going to wear the backwards hat. He he won three home run derbies, by the way, in 1994, 98, and 99. Uh, you know, his career kind of ended with a, a bunch of hamstring injuries, could not stay healthy in Cincinnati, but one of the coolest players of all time, especially for our era, all of us. Hit the guys. warehouse at Camden Yards in the home yep. run derby yep. in 1993, I just noticed we're all wearing backwards hats right now for this podcast. Yeah, I got it. The White Sox, vintage. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think Griffey, if he had been healthy, because he basically oh, lost like what? Four oh. <laughs> now I know what that is. That's how. That's how. How uh, in deep I am on St. Louis culture. That's right. Oh, nice. Um, is that a uh, Joe Maybe West not. autographed hat? Maybe. Uh, I think Ken Griffey Jr. would have had a shot at one thousand home runs if he had stayed healthy. I, he literally missed, like, in his prime, the equivalent of, like, five or six full seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he could have gotten to 800. It's not <laughs> it's not crazy. Yeah. I agree. 1,000. But my guy got him in 2002, so. So I'm going to go with Shohei Otani. Oh, man. Love I it. have to. Everything that guy does is electric. He is – did you see that line drive home run he hit at Yankee Stadium the yes. other night? Yeah. Like, that doesn't even make sense. That, like, breaks physics what he did there. And then he hits, like, opposite field Opposite moonshots. 450 foot home run. Like, what is that? I don't know. And like you tweeted out. To do MVP too. Yeah. So, Drew, you tweeted out this picture the other day of Otani's arms. Which, yes. like, maybe you can't really tell when he's, like, in uniform. I don't know what it is, but, like, his that dude is are massive unbelievably too. jacked. And he's gotten – he's like almost like doubled in size since he signed with the Angels. Like he just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm super excited to see what he can do yeah. in the Speaking home run derby. You can have so, freak yeah. athletes, man. He's incredible. Yeah. Yes. Good pick. So it's your last pick, Chris. Oh, we're going five. I forgot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this I, is good. Now you're on the spot. Now you have to I'm just I'm, – I'm sitting here uh, – just counting up my home runs. You were all prepared. Now you're not done. so prepared, huh? All right. So I'm going to go with another fairly random guy, but uh, I was a little surprised when I saw his home runs per at bat. I'm going with the Twin Towers. Richie Sexton, welcome to the club. <laughs> right, like legitimately, it. legitimately, like really good power numbers. And another guy who, if he came around right now, I think he'd be a much more valuable commodity um he had a 45 home runs two 45 home run seasons i forgot about that 300 home runs for richie Sexton in you know basically like eight full seasons which that's is yeah, nuts that kind of nuts and yeah um you know career 507 slugging like 800 ops i think he'd be he'd be a guy who was you know making a hundred million dollar contract at some point of his career if he you know had played in the last five years i think Hmm. It's to me. Oh man, Dave Little Prince. I'm gonna go with (laughs) I'm gonna go with Bryce Harper. Okay. Um and I almost really are going for the cool factor. Yeah, and I want him when he's like nineteen years old too. I want him when he was hitting bombs at like the high school all-star oh. game showcase at Tropicana Field. Do you remember mm. the Sports Illustrated story on yeah. him about hitting a ball in the Sports Illustrated? I forget who wrote that story. Sports Illustrated, I think, like walked it off to like yeah. try to figure out how long it was. Yeah. It's like the I, Mickey Mantle home run. What was that one the, that's apparently the longest home run ever hit Mickey Mantle? Was it at yeah. 565 feet? But then it like got taken away in a in a truck or something or – Whatever landed in a truck. That's the legend. Yeah, that's Except the legend. In a milk truck. Now Mantle yeah. had a haircut you could set your watch to. Bryce Harper, this high and tight nonsense. <laughs> Good luck with him on your squad, Silva. <laughs> Real troublemaker. Uh, Tippy toes Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so our picks well, have been pretty uh, contemporary, I'd say. I I think it's better this way because like these are guys we've mostly seen and. You know, we could talk about, you know, Frank Howard or or Ralph Kiner or Dave you know, Parker. Yeah, you know, 
all sorts of names. Jimmy Fox, Willie Stargell. Ruben like, Sierra. Oh. Uh, I, I almost went with Juan Gonzalez, but my last pick is going to be Ryan Howard. Oh, wow. Because that dude could hit some freaking bombs, man. To all fields, ridiculous power, the way the ball exploded off his bat. Unfortunately, another guy whose career just came to such a sudden halt. But, man, for a time, he was the preeminent power hitter in the game. Man, you could make a, you could draft a really good team that would get you bummed out about guys who – you know, different degrees of careers cut too short, but that's a that's a good one. That's hey, maybe one. next time we have you on, we should do draft of players who whose careers were cut short by injuries. Who you wanted to see? Yeah, careers cut short by Dusty Baker. Um, just off the top of my head, <laughs> Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, uh, Mark Pryor's uh, 2003 game log. It looks great. All right, I like so, my squad. I, I hey, these teams are fun. I like it. We have to get them all together. Um. So last thing before we go, and we kind of talked about this, but I don't know if you guys are really prepared. So I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so just a non-baseball topic before we go. Um, guilty pleasure albums. Well, how are we feeling about that? Can we pick one or two or yeah, yeah, sure, sure, oh, sure, yeah. sure. Because I'm I'm like a huge snob, so this is this is uncomfortable for me. Oh, but you're, I'll do you're it. gonna you're gonna hate me so much. Okay. I'm I'm a music stom too, but I I don't really feel guilty about the music. I've always liked a bit of pop music. It's true. So uh, what, what what do you got, Silva? Give me one of yours. Well, I love Paramore. Um, love Paramore. It's like very poppy, punk. I guess some of. pop punk on my on my list. And I don't really know specific Paramore albums to be honest. I'm not prepared for this, but just any kind of Paramore. Also, the 1975. Um, but their music snobs kind of like them too a little. Yeah, bit. I think they do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Lord, I saw Lord in concert. I I dragged my fiance to there. I got floor seats, and I was like, they were forty five bucks floor seats. Lordy, Lord, Lord. But she uh, she was like, this was probably a year a year into when we were dating, and I was like dancing and like yes yes, and she like looked at me. She's into kind of the same music that I am, and she was like, what? What is like? What are you doing? Like, I'm picturing heard... Randy Marsh in that South Park episode. Is the only thing I can. I was like, right "Yes, Queen, yes." <laughs> and she was like, "What?" She was like, "I've never been to a concert with inside of you." <laughs> there, there are no instruments on the stage. She was like, I, "I didn't understand what was going on." But I think she does like some Lord songs now. When if I if she's had enough Bud Lights and I put on a Lord song, she she kind of sings along. So you're just going iTunes essential albums for all three of those the 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 best of the eagles too i'll throw out there too i, I mean, oh, see that's you just, a, that's you just a like respected artists well i'm an unapologetic lord, eagles is fan. i i i thought lord was like i feel like lord gets very high like pitchfork reviews like i don't think that's yeah a i think all 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 four of or all three at least of the, the bands that I named fairly them. safe choices here. All right. Well then, all right. DJ, do you, well, you want to go next DJ? Cause I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll save my, I'll go last and get really weird. I think a lot of my guilty pleasure album probably in like that, uh, formative year, like 18 to 20 something where you're like figuring stuff out about what's actually good. Um, got so, a bunch of burned CDs from like yeah. the high school. Yeah. So I'd say counting crew. Oh, oh no! I think he just froze. Oh no! County Crows, August, and everything after. Did he get struck down for <laughs> for liking County? Calling Crows. Adam Turrets a guilty pleasure, dude. I love County Crows. I wouldn't That's even a great band. Like a guilty no. pleasure. I think oh, no, DJ. <laughs> all right, you can go. You can go now, Chris. Hang on, I. I first I like... of all, that that face. Um, right as he goes, uh, County Crows. I've got, yeah, I've got, what if this, is this a Banksy? Is this performance art? <laughs> I need to know his second, and then I need to see his real-time reaction when he judges my picks. This is how he gets the music cred, by yeah. freezing himself intentionally, right, when he says, Lord is like, you called me guilty pleasure? <laughs> all right, so, he, all right, well. um, Oh. I will go, but I really, this is, it's going to be tough not to see. DJ's judgment here. 
You guys yeah, have but- just named like you guys have just named very like popular bands though. I don't think there's anything that controversial about well, I mean, if if you come from, if you like read the kind of websites and whatnot, like if you yeah, if you're a big Pitchfork fan or if you're like, uh, it can be embarrassing to admit you like those kind of bands on on Twitter if you follow a certain crowd. I, I mean, I have no guilt about liking pop popular music, like music that other people like. Hang on, like, because now this is a mess. Now I lost audio in my ear. Um, all right, Silva. DJ Here's might have closed it out. No, no, I got you. I think we're still live. You can hear me, though, right? Yeah, I got you. I'm going to go Hanson, Middle of Nowhere. Um, Is that the Umbap? That's the Umbap album. Oh. It's their debut album. They have put together quite the career, and that album is chock full of bangers. So Hanson, Middle name, of Nowhere. Name one more song that's on that album. Uh, Man from Milwaukee, Where's the Love? Um <laughs> Are you kidding me? I wish we had the the, the NBC budget right. to play some of Get a hold of yourself. And then uh, my second will be, how about, uh, oh, he's back. There he is. We were continuing the conversation. Can you hear us? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you now. That was so weird. My computer just totally died. Right when you, oh, right when you said counting crows, it, it cut out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was really Mid, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, so I would say uh, oh, December. Yeah, oh, August and everything out. Like, August and everything after by Counting Crows. That is like a time warp for me. Late nineties. Gotta go. Do you have uh, to, to me the second or to be ashamed of with that album though? That's a great album. It's a really good album. What was the other album? Recovering the Satellites is the second one. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd say anything by John Mayer would be. Awesome. I love John Mayer. Answer. Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of. He plays with the dead man. I mean, he's yeah. Maybe like the first. Maybe like Room for Squares would be considered like a guilty yeah. pleasure. But, yeah, uh, I agree. DJ, I went uh, Middle of Nowhere by Hanson as my first choice. Um, I think great Chris album. Wins, that's actually really laid the foundation. That fits for, the criteria. Uh, really yeah. laid the foundation for what became. Um, uh, just not just three brothers, but. Uh, celebrated catalog, um, really linchpin of uh, modern pop rock. And then second, I'm going to go "Jagged Little Pill" by Alanis. No, that's Morris. a good pick. That's you can just pick. belt that out in the car, and um, a lot of those songs are not good, but um, I love them. You know, yeah, I would put in the similar category is. Uh, do you remember the solo album that Will Smith put out in like 1998, Oh, Big Willie style. Yeah, with him going like this on yes. the front, and it's got. Getting jiggy. There's with some it, good know. songs on there. Getting jiggy with it was nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could take or leave that song, but there are some really good songs on that album. Will hot take? Will Smith is a really good rapper. Yeah, like when when he like actually like rap. Sure. I don't. He's a great I, rapper. Uh, Kings of Leon, I'm a fan of. Is that bad to admit? That's probably so more popular rock band. They're popular, yeah. but they're not like critically acclaimed. Any, they're not like. Pitchfork. I guess they were kind of early on, though, and they that's were, kind of yeah. the album I'm talking about. You guys are going to just make fun of me for this, but like Justin Vernon's solo stuff. Huh? <laughs> such a dork. Uh, such a dork. Yeah. yeah, actually, Chris actually brought one that should he should actually be ashamed of, and we're just naming albums that are actually just good. Just naming like good music. What about, yeah. the, what about the Goo Goo Dolls? I Not like a That's a good one, and I do like the Goo Goo Dolls. I also give an honorable one. mention... Uh, shout out New Trier High School. Shout out Family Friends. Pete Wentz and Fall Out Boy. The first Fall Out Boy album. The first Fall Out Boy album. Belt it out, baby. Belt There's it. a light oh. up. What about Dashboard Confessional? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. That's See, a now we're in too. the wheelhouse, man. There we go. I love. I love. I used to love Dibor Cephas. But yeah. like now, when you're now, like forty, like you're you're pushing forty, like me, it's like really weird to listen to it, honestly. <laughs> Now we're in the wheelhouse. It's like crying new, new LCD sound system. <laughs> like, now, this is now we're talking, man. Now we're we're getting to the good dashboard. Stuff. Any pop punk emo band that you could just call them by like the first half of the band's right. name. Dashboard, man. <laughs> yeah, Coldplay. I love Coldplay. Come on, it's a fair one. People might be ashamed to admit. Yeah, but again. No. Coldplay's Grammys. first three albums are Grammys. We're all we're all about hardware here, <laughs> so 
I respect that. Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, my Spotify just went down, so I think I'm out of ideas. All right. Well, this was fun. This was fun, boys. Yeah, man. Thanks. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna treat both you guys to a little a uh, little walk through some of Hanson's most unheralded hits tonight. So. Uh, check your email. I'll be I'll be curating a playlist for the three of us. All right. I, so when when Chris said Hanson, I was like the Umbop album, and he's like, oh yeah, and I was like, name one more song on that album, and he named like five. There's so. a bunch of them. They're they're good. Man from Milwaukee. Oh, would... bonus track. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's close on that note. <laughs> so any anything you want to plug before we go, Chris? Uh, no. You can follow me on Twitter, C H R A B E. And uh, Drew is actually on my show uh, today with Will Leach. And you can check out that Charlie Tilson interview. So, yeah, uh, Twitter. And uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Cool. This was a blast, man. Uh, If you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, and we will see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.